This is Pete Moore. I am on Halo Talks NYC on location, San Diego, Ursa 2018, uh, with a what's become a good friend of mine here, uh, Adam Everloff, who uh, is at Castanea Partners. And um, we've been uh, looking and talking about deals in the Halo sector, health, active lifestyle, outdoors now for several years. I'm sure we'll find one uh, sooner than later uh, in a press release we'll send out to the audience here. So what I want to do today is talk about you know, the benefits of taking on a growth equity partner, the different types of personalities and, and what makes it a good fit and, um, you know, how companies can really professionalize and, and, and get the support, not just get capital, but, you know, get support to, to really build their business based on experiences that you've had as a firm that you've had personally in that, you know, once you see a movie 10 times, you know, there are certain things in the movie that continue to to move forward and that you have to address and that, you know, once you learn how to address them, you know, you can, you can be more successful. So Adam, welcome to the Halo Talks. Glad that you're here and uh, that we're having a conversation. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate the invite. So, so give us some background, you, you know, from, from school to private equity and, and then, uh, you know, your personal desire and, and passion for helping grow businesses. And then we'll get into what Castanea does and what, what you guys, you know, represent as a, as a partner for potential uh, partner. Companies. Yeah, sure. Uh, so I grew up uh, out west in in Scottsdale, Arizona. Uh, made my way back east for school, went to Penn undergrad, and then took a pretty traditional path from there to investment banking. But I think pretty early in that process, growing up the son of an entrepreneur, my dad had a small retail business out in Phoenix, and so always appreciated the entrepreneurial spirit. I think from that perspective, wanted to find a situation where I could get more engaged with businesses and really helped them grow. You know, part of my dad's challenge was it never quite scaled. What kind of business was it? A retail business, a retail apparel. And so I think, you know, through that banking experience, while I liked a number of elements about it, it didn't give you the chance to really engage with the companies and, and, and help them uh, scale their business models in, in the way that, that I was looking to do and, and came across Castaneda Partners when we were pretty small and early and really just getting started. The firm at the time was a $75 million family office. Our founders had recently sold a business, a public company that they had, they, their family had a, an interest in and, and they had run. And we're looking to build an investment firm that really engaged with growth-oriented businesses with great brands where we could be good value-added partners. And as a young 22-year-old, kind of emerging professional, let's call it, that was really appealing because uh, it gave you not just the chance to do some of the analytical, analytically oriented things that I enjoyed, but also really kind of work with these companies that were at an interesting inflection point and looking for help. So from a standpoint of uh, investment banking, which is a, a traditional path that I had taken as well, you know, moving from a, a spreadsheet and a transaction to actually partnering, you know, with an entrepreneur and um, helping someone build a business, you know, and thinking outside of just what the spreadsheet represents and, and, you know, trying to hit those numbers. Yeah. You know, what, what are some of the things that were, you know, eye-opening and eye-opening experiences for you and, you know, some of the more maybe human sides of, uh, of growing businesses that, that you, you know, as at 22, 24 yeah. years old, you're like, wow, <laughs> like this guy's like my father's <laughs> age and I was like taking advice from me. Right. Yeah. That took a little bit of getting used to, to be honest. But uh, listen, I think you realize pretty early that these are real people running real businesses with real passions and that the, the spreadsheet is never right. You know, um, I think at Castaneda generally, and you get a good appreciation for this pretty quickly, is that things don't go sort of in a perfectly linear path all the time. There's hopefully, you know, over the long run, you're going up and to the right. But 
you know, day in and day out, there's a lot of ups and downs, ebbs and flows and, and everyday realities of the business. And, you know, at Castanea, still one of my favorite deals that I worked on was the first deal that I did there. We invested in this company called Hannah Anderson. And within months of uh, investing in the company, we were in default of our bank covenants. We were significantly off plan and sort of figuring out what did we get ourselves into. Um, and at the end of the day, what we did is we rolled up our sleeves. We you know, partnered, like we said we would do, with the management team. Uh, and the company that we were backing still really believed in the brand. And through a lot of sort of hard work and patience and persistence, uh, much of which was on the part of the management team, but hopefully were helpful as well, got it back on the right path and had a great outcome. Um, and so I think kind of in that first 12 months at Castanea, going through that and seeing, okay, this is sort of what a real business looks like and, mm-hmm. you know, how you engage and the spreadsheet is not the governor of all things. That was super helpful. Yeah. When you look at deals and, and you look at people and, and, you know, this came to light when we met recently, you know, up in Boston was, I felt like you, you, you and your team were honing in on like, what are the, what are your personal objectives? What are your professional objectives? Like before we get to like what your business is and how, what the deal structure is, but you guys seem to take a very unique approach to say like, okay, let, let's kind of, before we talk about like how great this yeah. investment is going to be, like let's talk about you. Let's talk about what makes you tick. Let's talk about what you're looking for. So maybe this might seem rudimentary, but it, it kind of gets lost in, in the transaction side of deals. Yeah. So maybe talk about how you, know, you got a family run business effectively on the private equity side and you're looking for some people that have similar values that you know are going to be a right personality fit that aren't going to be, you know, uh, you know the next cowboy that kind of runs in and you know or bull that shakes up the private equity firm, yeah. and how you guys you know really hone in on, is this a good fit for us and then is this a good deal for us? No, I think it is a hundred percent in that order the way we think about the world, and and that's rooted in the idea that we're partnering with the people that we're backing and almost always that's the entrepreneur and founder of the business, and that we have great appreciation for. You know, this is this is the next closest thing to a child that they're gonna have, um, and we take that responsibility very seriously. And so that partnership is front and center of uh, you know what situations we want to engage in, what people we, who 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 are the people we want to partner with, and so understanding both for them because we want them to understand who they're getting in a partner, and for us and understanding kind of what makes them tick, what are they passionate about, how do they think about the world, how are they going to be and, and give them a sense of how we're going to be when things don't go well. Because at the end of the day, if everything's kind of smashing success and home run, friend, you know, getting along is fairly easy. But getting a good sense for who these people are and what they aspire to accomplish is, is super important for us because we, are, we do view this as a partnership and that you know, success is shared and, and uh, that's important. So Cassane has spent a lot of time looking at retail, looking at multi-unit, Definitely things that are consumer facing. Um, so, so what level of um, you know knowledge and and you know what what's kind of like inside the DNA of Castanea that you think is not like easily replicable by other investment yeah. firms? I mean, great question. The um, you know I think our strength is we're looking to back passion brands and help those brands who have demonstrated a value proposition that's really resonating with consumers, scale their businesses. Whether that's kind of functional capabilities around digital marketing and organization building and scaling organizations, 
where we've got some operating partner capabilities and certainly a ton of pattern recognition from doing that consistently over a long period of time as an investment firm. I think that is unique unique to Castanet. And then the other element of um, we are only focused on the consumer sector. So our practice is, ex- is, um, is exclusively looking at backing consumer branded products and services. And we feel and find that there's a lot of cross-pollination from one sector to another sector that hopefully we can bring those insights and capabilities across our portfolio and entrepreneurs that we're partnering with to you know, help their businesses grow. Something that we're seeing in the beauty sector that is portable to the food and beverage sector or the fitness sector. You know, there are certainly commonalities, whether it's influencer marketing or ways to engage the consumer that you know, we think there's some, some valuable cross-pollination. Right. And, and in your firm, you have several dedicated professionals that, you're, that, that basically become like a resource, you know, or, or a bench, if you will, mm-hmm. where a CEO says, look, I got an issue with this. And maybe, Adam, you're not, you know, the, the resident expert in, you know, e-commerce. You're not the, the you know, resident expert personally in this. And you guys have a bench that's somewhat unique. Um, I mean, there's some private equity firms that have, you know, people on payroll or they say, hey, well, let me get this consultant and kind of parachute them in. But talk about how you guys have assessed that there, there are certain core skills that are needed and like strategic ways to do things instead of, you know, saying, calling up a consultant and saying, hey, we've got this issue with this portfolio company right. or this opportunity, you know, that you've got people that actually know the company and are, you know, waking up in the morning saying, okay, I've got these X number of investments and, you know, I, I got to be up to speed on what they're doing. So when they need me, um, you know, it's not like, um, you know, the fire alarm went off and I got to like figure out what house, you know, <laughs> I'm going to. So t- talk about how you guys are, are invested in infrastructure to make sure that when somebody needs something, that it's there. Yeah, no, I mean, I mentioned earlier the idea of partnership, which is kind of core to what we do and how we think about our investments. And, you know, we want to deliver on that promise. We want to be value-added partners and, you know, walk that walk and not just talk the talk. So we've built a team of uh, six operating partners at the firm. We're actually in the process of looking to add one. So hopefully next year when we're sitting down and, and having version 2.0 of this conversation, there'll be at least seven. And they're focused on areas that we see as consistent themes across the categories we're investing in at the age and stage of these companies. So from a functional point of view, uh, where we've got three operating partners, We've got one person that's an ex-COO, CFO of large and medium-sized businesses that helps across supply chain and distribution and uh, financial planning. We've got another guy, a second individual who used to run uh, large e-commerce businesses that works with our portfolio companies on e-commerce and digital marketing. Mm -hmm. And then a third individual that's run the HR organization and been COO of of other large and medium-sized businesses that's got a lot of experience around how do you scale an organization? I mean, at the end of the day, and, and, and the reason we have those three folks kind of with functional expertise is because we saw digital expertise, uh, supply chain and distribution and organizational scalability as constant themes at the size and age and stage of the businesses we were partnering with and mm-hmm. wanted to have someone that has seen the movie hundreds of times, all the various iterations of it, the pitfalls, pros and cons, trade-offs, that can be a good consigliere to, you know, our portfolio company CEOs and other, um, and management teams mm-hmm. uh, to work through those issues. And, you know, also to the investment team. 
and we think there's value to be created in doing that better. And quite honestly, like most things, it was learned by mistakes. We had a portfolio company that uh, we had, a, you know, we had a couple situations where <laughs> time was wasted and a lot of money was spent pursuing the wrong path, and so felt that bringing expertise, focused expertise in these areas onto the payroll of Castanea as a service available to our portfolio companies, always at their invitation, would uh, would help us do our jobs better. Got it. So two, two other parts of, of, of the private equity world I want to focus on. One is that, you know, having a partner that can continue to write checks and grow with you opportunistically instead of trying to do a deal and then go to the next round and go to a different set of investors, you know, more like the VC, you know, venture capital, they go to, all right, here's my series A investors. Here's my series B. Here's my series C. And by the time you go through that laundry list of, you know, revaluing the deal and getting to know the different personalities versus, you know, there are several deals that you and I have discussed in the past where you've been that, that source of capital for different evolutions and, and different opportunities so maybe just take a minute and talk about the value of having a partner that can continue to write a bigger check if there's an opportunity that needs to be moved on quickly and you're in good position with the company and with the CEO of the business to say, look, you know, we'll, we'll support that. You know, we're, we're here. We're not here. You're not renting our money. You know, we're not a, we're not a bank or a specialty finance company. Like if it's a good opportunity, we're going to do it with you or we'll help you get that capital. So I, I want to make sure people understand when they're taking private equity, they're not just taking like a round of capital and that person shows up for a board meeting and there are opportunities that come up across the way that, you know, if you don't have the cash flow to do it, or if your bank's not going to give you the X amount of leverage that, you know, you know, you're shit out of luck and, you know, there's a five-year plan. So talk a little bit about Oops. like, yeah, talk a little bit about like company, you know, firm like yours to say, look, we, we you know, maybe it's a dry bar situation where, there's an opportunity. You hit certain milestones. You felt confident in the business. So eye to eye. And, you know, I think that's a very important differentiation between a lot of deals that we see where somebody picks a, a financing decision and they kind of, you got to live with it. Yeah, no, I mean, I think if I was to give an advice to an entrepreneur that was seeking capital, it's, you know, be very thoughtful about what are you trying to accomplish through that process? Are you looking for a particular type of partner? Are you trying to accomplish certain things? You know, is this a, do you want to put the need to continually raise capital, if that's something that you expect, in the rearview mirror? Or is that, you know, a trade-off you're willing to make by taking on a capital source that is unlikely to be able to scale with you? I think for us, in addition to a number of other attributes, one, one of them that lines up well is, is a company that is looking to find its last institutional partner and a partner that can scale with it. And to the extent... It's a business that's created a great growth opportunity for itself and, and has two constraints. One is a capital constraint and the other is uh, organizational cap capacity constraint. We're a capital source that, is, that relieves the capital constraint. And so then you can really just focus the business on the business and not have to have one eye on the balance sheet and what can I afford to do or when might this particular initiative pay off relative to having to go out to raise that next round of capital? Um, because that can also be a, a serious issue, right? Because not everything, the, the ROI, the return doesn't always line up perfectly with when you might need the next round of funding. And so that can 
lead to poor long-term decisions. So for us at Castanea, we're really looking to relieve that capital constraint. I think Drybar is a great example. We invested in it was nine units. It had proven a value proposition, who defined who its customer was, built an incredible brand, and, and was at a point where we wanted to roll out stores more rapidly. We invested in, in, in Drybar on an equity basis four additional times after the first round. Uh, we've also invested in, you know, as the business scaled, a, a debt security. So, you know, we're flexible in terms of the structure of the security we'll invest in over time. You know, we're not going to do a debt deal day one. Uh, but over time, as we get to know the business better, you know, we want to do the right thing for the company, not the right thing for Castanea. And we've helped the company raise outside debt capital as it's further scaled and, you know, bank debt made sense for it at, at that next sort of evolution. So I think that's a great example. Um, Essential Water is another brand we're invested in where, we've, where we have reinvested after the initial capital raise, both in debt and equity, and help raise additional outside funding to meet the needs of that growing business. So I think there's a consistent track record uh, where you know that is the style of, of, of company we're looking to back and really take the need to think about capitalization out of the equation when you're figuring out what are the initiatives that are the best initiatives for me to pursue now. Mm -hmm. Great. So Adam, as you continue to, to acquire and make investments in other companies in and around the halo sector, uh, some of these companies definitely should or could have vendor relationships, whether it's essential water inside of a fitness concept or essential water inside of a dry bar um, or doing co-op marketing potentially with locations that are near each other. How do you set the table for those relationships to happen? Obviously, they're not forced, um, you know, supplier-vendor uh, relationships because, you know, you're a Castanea company. But, but how do you kind of foster those? And if it makes sense economically for both companies, then that's, you know, kind of like a icing on the, on the investment. Yeah, no, we, uh, uh, it's, it's definitely not, not a forced thing, but I think given the nature of our portfolio, you know, focusing on these passion brands and a, in a, common set of sectors, uh, there's natural opportunities for cross-pollination. And I think what we try and do well is bring those parties together so they can explore them on their own where there is mutual benefit strategically and financially for those businesses. And in a couple of ways that we do that, we have a, an annual LP meeting um, where we invite all the CEOs of our portfolio companies and they, you know, we, we build those relationships and make sure that there's face-to-face -face connections. We've also set up some both formal and informal CEO communities, executive communities across the Castanea portfolio, which do not include any Castanea professionals, because I think we view it as important that they uh, have have a chance to get to know one another, learn from each other, um, discuss ideas or issues mm -hmm. without a Castanean being in the room and perhaps biasing that discussion at all. And then we have a CEO summit uh, that we actually started last year was we saw the opportunity as our portfolio got bigger and the firm matured that, you know, it made sense to bring these parties, bring the CEOs of these organizations together to address issues that they were facing and talk about opportunities. And, and I guess the last thing, kind of same similar theme is we also host, uh, I think we've done it five times uh, or so, a, uh, an e-commerce summit. Uh, so bringing together the heads of marketing and, and digital commerce nice. uh, for all of our portfolio companies for a similar networking opportunity. So we'll make those connections where there's interest on behalf of the companies, but don't force it because 
at the end of the day, these are independent businesses that uh, are going to make the decisions that are best for them. Got it. And, and the name Castanea, what's the derivation <laughs> of Castanea? Yeah, it's really cool, actually. Um, I, I always, That's uh, why I asked. Yeah. The, uh, <laughs> oh, you struck a chord because I, uh, one of my favorite stories to ask, one of my favorite things to ask entrepreneurs is, is where the name of the company sure, came from. Sure. Um, I, I find that there's uh, oh, usually an interesting story behind it. So I don't know if Castanea meets that standard, but I, I think I find it interesting. The, the, the firm was founded by the Smith family uh, in Boston, Chestnut Hill, who, who had a series of businesses, as I mentioned at the very beginning, eventually selling them was kind of the precursor to Castanea being formed. And so the, the, the being from Chestnut Hill, various in, in investment platforms were Chestnut this, Chestnut that. And so Castanea is Latin for Chestnut. There we go. So All right. There you, there you go. Well, to taking investments up the hill, and to making uh, entrepreneurs uh, into who they want to be. Adam, great to see you again, and uh, look forward to doing more transactions with you and hooking you up with the right people. Great to see you too. Thanks Thanks again.